Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about moving. We are actually going to have an entire moving month. So it's May moving month. Nice little bit of alliteration there. <laughs> Tara always likes a good bit of alliteration. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first topic that we are talking about in May with regards to uh, moving is preparing to move, obviously. So we're going to do it in in order, I guess. And um, we're going to be talking about preparation and packing. Then next week, if you come back, we will do the second <laughs> <Come> step, <laughs> hopefully, if we don't bore you with the prep and the packing. Um, you can come back and listen to us talk about unpacking. Then the third week, we're going to do downsizing if you're downsizing yourself and some tips and tricks for that. And the last week, we are going to talk about helping others to downsize, which can be a bit of a minefield. So um, hopefully we'll mm. cover everything. Mm. There's not five weeks, five episodes in May, is there? We didn't check that, did we? <laughs> I'm just opening my calendar right now. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. We will If, if there no, is, no. we will just... And we'll just have one last one in May that's not about packing. Um, but, yeah, sorry, it just occurred to me then and those things always occur to me at the very last minute. So the, this one this week we are talking about preparing to move and I obviously do this a lot with clients but have actually never really moved an entire house of my own but we've moved uh, hundreds of of clients and so packing is something that I have done a lot of and I was even just doing some of it yesterday and I had a client last week that I was helping out with a very last minute move for her so it's all sort of top of mind for me and moving is stressful isn't it Tara it's sort of something that is What's, isn't it ranked like one of the highest stress life yeah events or something? you know what I was trying to find a statistic I know that will surprise you um, on how stressful it is or how many people say it's the most stressful event. And I couldn't find anything to really pin it down. A lot of blogs and websites said it comes in a close second after getting a divorce. So okay. divorce is considered the most, like a messy divorce is considered the most mm. stressful life event. Then moving. And then third was losing a loved one. And oh I'm God. like, gosh, I'm like, I've moved a lot and yeah. I don't think moving is anywhere near losing a loved one. But obviously for some people it is pretty Yeah, it must be. Hardcore. So, okay. yeah, I couldn't find anything concrete, but um, everyone seems to say it's one of the most stressful life events, so we'll, we'll trust the crowd. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think just based on my client's mental state the other week she was very very stressed out by it so I certainly don't find it that hard to believe after after talking to her and also um, a lot of our clients who move are elderly so it is stressful for them as well because um, some of the people that we've moved haven't like haven't ever moved like they moved into their house in 1965 and move out in 2021 and that's it. Mm. <laughs> they just haven't moved at all. So it's really stressful for them. Um, so what is it that is about what is it about moving that is so stressful then? Well, so I was almost going to tally up how many times I've moved, but I didn't have enough fingers. <laughs> I might have had to start using my toes. I've moved a lot. 
not really as a child, but when I went to uni, moved a few times, I felt like I was always calling my dad going, can you bring the ute and move me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then obviously uh, with hubby in the military, we've had plenty of moves. Mm. But I think what makes it so stressful for people is that there are so many moving parts all at once. So if you Mm. throw in the admin and negotiation of selling and buying houses or finishing up renting and starting a new lease somewhere, there's all that admin stuff, which is one kind of um, area that you've got to tackle and get your head around. Then there's all the logistical considerations. So what is being packed? How's it being packed? Who's packing it? Where? uh, How's it being moved? Where's it being moved to? When is that happening? (laughs) And... Um, then managing the moving out and the moving in connections and disconnections and all your services, stuff like that. Letting everyone know that you've moved, like all the, Mm. like the banks and, you know, redirecting your mail and all that kind of stuff is all going to happen. And then there's, we always have this pressure, I think, that we want to sort as we pack our stuff or unpack. We have this crazy notion that a new house is this fresh start and we don't want to take our past baggage so we add this extra burden of trying to sort and declutter in with the Mm. moving Um, and then in between all of that your normal life doesn't actually stop so most people still have jobs work and school yeah Mm -hmm. your friends still want to see you if you've got hobbies that you're trying to keep up you're still trying to keep on top of your health so you throw all of that together and it's no wonder it is pretty stressful Mm. I guess then there's also like for people who or for anyone really there's also the whole psychological issue of change Mm -hmm. that could be stressful too yeah I think most of us enjoy that feeling of being anchored or settled somewhere it's a nice comfortable feeling and so just negotiating or that that transition period like everything is kind of chaotic people that are used to living routinely or having some kind of rhythm that's completely upset by this process and then you throw a few emotions in there if people are sentimental about the house or the stuff they're Mm. moving or the memories like it's there's a lot of stuff gets churned up all at once and so if you don't do it often and aren't particularly prepared and then you (laughs) put all that on top of someone Mm. it's yeah it's pretty full-on it's a recipe for a freak out Mm. Mm. and then top of mind for me because of the people that I work with is that if you have a disability or you have physical like restrictions like fatigue or pain then you've actually got like moving is quite a physical thing and if you have fatigue or pain or disabilities as well there's that added stress and added pain and added time that it takes and and if you have psychological issues uh, like anxiety or something like that then moving is the stress is amplified significantly as Mm. well that's like my client the other week you know she we were just standing we were standing in the garage and I was fishing out some suitcases because we were going to she in her transition she has to live with her parents for a while because she had to move quite quickly and so she's staying with her parents for a while and a lot of stuff's going into storage first and then when she finds a house, she's she's moving into the house. And she was just 
completely overwhelmed and she was standing in the garage and I was fishing out the suitcases and they were packing suitcases to take to her mum's. And she looked at me and I was sort of brushing the dust off them and she looked at me and she said, I can't, I can't move, I can't do anything, I'm completely paralysed. And I said, well, that's okay because I'm going to do this for you and then we'll move out and we'll go somewhere where it's less stressful. But she said she got really mad because she said, I know, I know intellectually how to do all of this. And she said, I just can't move. I like can't move. And so her body had just shut down. Her anxiety had just taken over completely. So, so yeah, it, it can be really problematic in, in that mm. way too. Well, so hopefully today we can cover a few of the tips um, that you can keep top of mind when you're preparing for a move. And then also we'll go through a few concrete things when you start the packing. So hopefully mm. it sets you up at least on the right path. My first tip, and this this is like there is no there's no other option, there's no better first thing to do than this is to mm. get to know your timelines and be really clear on them and start planning based on those timelines. So it doesn't matter if you are moving in a week or you are moving in a year. Start planning as far out as you possibly can and be really clear on knowing when you're going, when when you're leaving and when you're getting into your new place. Like knowing those dates means you can work back from there and plan when that's all a bit fuzzy or if you try and start packing without having a concrete date or anything, Mm. it can get really confusing. So that would be my first tip. Yeah, and that's the first question that Mick asks a downsizing client is when settlement date? When do you have to be out of this house? And when do you get the keys for your new place? It's always the first question he asks. And then he builds a timeline backwards from then. Okay, so if if that's what, um, which is what you just said, then you work backwards. If this is the date you have to move, then this is the date you have to be fully packed by. Well, this is the date you need to have the removalist booked and this is the date you need to be fully packed by and this is the date you need to have your electricity for your new place, all that kind of stuff. And so you can, you know, working backwards, then you know where to start from, um, where you're sitting now on the timeline, Mm. if that makes sense. I think I just confused everybody. No, I think that's perfect because if you you look at where you are now and try and work forwards and think, right, I'll – I'll pack this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this. The problem is everything takes longer than you think. So you really yeah. need those hard and fast deadlines um, yeah. And, yeah. and allow and more time. Yeah. Yeah, and build in padding. So if you think it's going to take you a week to pack, then give yourself three weeks to pack or mm-hmm. four because <laughs> it's always there's always more. And one of the conversations, the most frequent conversations Mick has with his clients um, about three or four days before a move is you need to pack more. Like we need to do more packing. And they're like, oh, no, it's just a few things. And then we could walk around the house with them and go, that has to be packed, that has to be packed, that, 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 and that has to be packed. And then after he's done that for about one room, they're like, ooh, <laughs> we're not going to make it if we don't hurry up. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just these, like you just don't think of the, all of the little last-minute bits and pieces that uh, that need to be done and, and, yeah, and everything takes longer. So always build in padding. Absolutely. And kind of carrying on from that, I would suggest you, because I'm a bit of a list person and a, you know, <laughs> really detailed planner kind of person, I would create a master list of all of the considerations and all of the tasks. So um, for me, I'd do that electronically and then share it with anyone else that will be contributing to the move. So if um, I was moving myself, 
I might share, you know, the file with my husband, obviously, maybe if we've got friends that we want to help us move, share it with them so they know what dates they're moving, maybe share it with my dad if I expected him to come around and help with some stuff with the house as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Or people that were looking after the kids. Yeah, like that. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So have like this master list. And look, if you want to write it on paper and take photos of it and text it to people or photocopy it and hand them out, it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. have, a, have a schedule there um, and include all of the things. So not just move house, pack boxes, like consider your move out responsibilities. Do you have to clean the house yourself or do you have to organize someone to clean? So put that on your list, not only like keep, you know, have a day free for the cleaner to come once your stuff is out, but also who's going to book the cleaner and when do they have to do that by? Assign the task to people contacting your utilities like we said selling unwanted items again that will probably take longer than you expect but someone needs to own those tasks and um, so you need to put dates maybe times and names next to everything so that Mm. everything happens yep so obviously there's heaps of things to do and so what we've done is we've put together a checklist for you that you can download from our website at beuncluttered.com.au. Uh, so go and have a look at that and we've used Tara's expertise on knowing just how many things need to be done because she's b- moved a billion times to put together this checklist for you. So um, that's thanks to Tara and um, you can find that on our website. And it came about because... I started my own personal checklist uh, the first time I moved and then every time I moved I worked out what I forgot to plan for or what I – so this is like 20 years in the making but um, I'm happy to share it with, with you guys so that rather than sitting here taking notes through this entire long conversation, uh, you can go there and, and get a copy of that for yourself. So the next point is about all of these tasks that you have to do that actually cost money. So obviously moving involves some expenses. So then I guess the next step would be to do a budget for those. Yeah, I mean, moving can be really expensive if you want to outsource a lot of stuff. But Mm. a lot of people try and cut costs, which is fair enough, because quite often You know, there's enough other costs if you're selling houses, buying houses, you might be paying stamp duty, there's the inconvenience costs and all that kind of stuff. So work out if you've got money to spend on your moving project and if so, how much. Get quotes on the big stuff like packing boxes um, and supplies, packers and unpackers, maybe remover lists. Uh, vehicle transport, maybe depending on how far you're going, pet transport or um, pet boarding fees if they if there's going to be some mm-hmm. time between locations, whether they need to be looked after somewhere. Storage, like you were talking about with your client, if there's a gap between mm-hmm. moving out, moving in, sometimes you need to put stuff in storage. And accommodation as well, that gap, if you don't have family to stay with or friends, um, you might need to budget for a few nights of staying in a hotel or something like that. So there's plenty of costs involved. And if you've only got a small budget and you're not planning to outsource everything, (laughs) which is fair Mm -hmm. enough, the way I would decide which part of the process to to pay for um, or to outsource is to sit down and look at all those things, look at the quotes 
and then work out which part of that process causes you the most stress or makes you feel the most overwhelmed. So for some people, getting the boxes, like collecting boxes from friends, from family, saving up boxes, you know, finding newspapers, all that kind of, that just stresses people out and they just want the solution. So they might put their money towards having all new boxes bought in, all the packing equipment, tape, all of that kind of stuff. Other people might be quite happy sourcing that themselves and want to put their money into the removalists, into someone to do the heavy lifting. So whatever it is that stresses you out, (laughs) that's where your money should go. Yeah, the idea of moving all of my furniture myself, it's like, into what and then like hiring my own truck and getting the right size and like how do you know I mean Mick obviously I've got Mick so he could do all of this with his eyes shut but if I was on my own I wouldn't know how what size truck my furniture would fit in I don't really know that that's that's Mr Logistics job he does all of that and so I leave that to him so if I had to do it on my own I'd be like nah I'm getting a removalist because if they get it wrong then they can fix it mm-hmm. <laughs> not me have to fix it Absolutely. And maybe if you've, you know, got a big swag of friends that are, you know, have everyone's got a bunch of trucks or trailers or something Mm. like that, maybe you don't need um, the logistical help in that way. Maybe you want people to help you unpack. Maybe you want, Mm. you know, a couple of employees to come in and just whiz through it, get everything out of the boxes and the paper and put it on a flat surface and walk out so that it's done. Um, Mm. so yeah, whatever, whatever is causing you stress, that's where your money should go first. If you're looking to save money and do it on a pretty tight budget, like we said, ask friends and family to start saving their boxes for you. Be really specific though, because I've had people do this to me and then they never end up coming pick it and picking them up. Um, let them know a day when you'll be around to collect them. Say, you know, this is my, when you're working back from your end date, you say, this is when I need boxes by, tell them all, I'm collecting boxes in two months. So anything you've got, I'll pick them up on, you know, the 25th of June, whatever it is. Um, so people know how long and when to expect you. Um, mm. So that's that's pretty key. And also what type of boxes too, because some boxes are pretty useless. <laughs> yeah. you know? And so if you've got like, you know, someone would save you the the box that they got their kettle in. And it's like, well, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yep. It's not very strong and it doesn't hold much, but, you know, thanks anyway. Um, so, yeah, the types of boxes and the sizes. And with um, – oh, we'll get to that later when we get to packing. I was going to start on my little mm-hmm. perf- – I've, I've got very specific requirements about boxes. <laughs> um, the other- I spent a lot of time thinking about the perfect size of boxes. <laughs> The other oh, the sad. other thing you can um, consider doing if you're looking for boxes is uh, go on to Facebook, uh, either a marketplace or a buy swap sell site, or even just a local community page, and say, you know, has anyone got a bunch of boxes? Because there's been plenty of times when we've moved, um, and our, the moving company would come pick them up, but they're taking forever, and someone will put something on there. Facebook page and say we're looking for packing boxes and we'll say we've got a hundred sitting on our front porch. Do you want to come grab them? So don't be shy to ask. I was going to mm. say strangers. Don't just approach people in the street maybe, but <laughs> um, you yeah. can definitely you can find boxes if that's where you want to save some yeah. save some cash. We we get boxes because to save our clients because if we 
bought boxes, then we have to kind of charge our clients for the boxes. So to save the clients money, we get boxes for free. And so we collect boxes from um, one of the places is a bookstore. So mm-hmm. there's a big big bookstore in Adelaide, which is just actually closed. So I don't know where Mick's going to get his boxes from now, but I haven't broken that to him yet. But book boxes are a really good size because they're strong and they're small. So they're great for heavy stuff. And they're also great for things that you don't want to pack too much in. So delicate things uh, are good in those size boxes as well. And if you go to like a big a big box um, department store like a Harvey Norman. I'm, t- I'm giving Australian examples here, so you might need to give some American examples, Tara, like Harvey Norman or um, the Good Guys, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Anywhere that you would buy white goods, basically. Yeah, like- white goods and appliances and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but also anywhere that you would buy anything. So shoe stores, like they get boxes. Like a lot of people, a lot of places get boxes um and so if you just go like to one of those big homemaker centers and drive around the back and just ask a warehouse person hey have you got any flat pack boxes that are in suitable condition can i take them and they'll say yes sometimes you need to ring ahead of time um and pre-arrange because you need to make sure you get in before the recyclers arrive to take them away so they'll give you a good time to come but yeah if you plan ahead it's even better but you can just drive around the back and go hey i need boxes and they've got them. It's mm-hmm. a good tip. Oh, another one. In Australia, and I don't know if they do this in America, but in Australia, in some of the alcohol selling places, at the front of the store, they stack up all their empty wine boxes. Mm-hmm. And so you can get wine boxes that are specifically the right size for wine with the dividers in them. So if you and they're free, they're they're good. For, they're specifically good for wine because they've got their their dividers in them. Mm. As for other ways to save money on a move, don't be shy in asking people to help you, especially with the lifting and the moving day chores. Maybe you can get a bunch of people around. Uh, have some people loading, some people driving if it's not too far between places. And then at the end of the day, throw on some drinks and order some pizzas for everyone to say thanks. Or if you're planning to throw a housewarming party in a few weeks once you're all settled in, um, tell everyone that, you know, you'll get them all around for dinner then or whatever it is. But most of us have in some point in our lives been asked to help someone move and I've never had an issue with it it's quite you know when there's a bunch of you it can be quite a fun time but I think when it's been me I've always felt bad asking people (laughs) but I have no problem saying yes to others so I think just you know bite the bullet ask people and it might be like even if you can spare an hour come for an hour in the morning or come for an hour in the afternoon you know it's kind of schedule people people don't have to commit their whole day um, yeah, yeah. I th- and that's the thing. I think when someone asks you to help them move, they think it's a huge job, but it doesn't have to be. They can just come in and just drop a little bit of their time in and help. I don't I don't know that I would get people to come in and help me. I'm too much of a control freak. I've seen too many clients moving uh, that have moved into places that have been unpacked by other people that then they don't feel like it's organised for them. Like things have just been put anywhere. So that, that I'll get to that in the packing, how you can prevent that if you do have help. But uh, I think I would be, I would find it really hard to give up that control. But mm. that's just me. I think our experience um, with the military, because they pack and unpack for you and, 
you're allowed to pack a few of your personal items, but other than like clothing, um, if you want. But other than that, it's not insured if it's packed by the owner. Ah, yeah. So you kind of the first time I was like, oh, there's people touching <laughs> yeah. my stuff. But <laughs> and don't put that in that box. I want it in that box. Yeah. Um, you kind of get over it, and it is yeah. really nice to just <laughs> drive yeah. drive down and buy them all big takeaway coffees and muffins and hand them out and keep them all happy while they're packing. Take extra care. Put extra pieces yeah. of paper around all of that stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you've got – if you and, you know, your moving day is when you're likely to need the bulk of people. If you're organised well enough in advance, you should be able to pack, in theory, all of your own stuff unless it's a really mm. tight turnaround, in which case you might need people to come in and then get your closest friends or your tr- most trusted people to come and help you pack. Um, mm. One tip I would say as well when – trying to save money with moving is compare transport options because a lot of people think that if you just get a small little trailer or a truck um, that that will be cheaper but if you were doing a lot of trips that equals a lot of time it equals a lot more kilometers and that ends up costing you more so sometimes the smallest options aren't always the cheapest sometimes if you get a big truck and can get everything on and do one trip it's the actual moving time is done um in a Mm. shorter time so just make sure you're comparing what it takes or what's involved with the moving like the logistical stuff whether you you know it might be cheaper to Mm. go a larger option rather than a smaller option and then obviously a lot more comes into play if you're moving interstate or internationally yeah oh yeah definitely okay so While you're moving, life keeps on carrying on and I think we need to make some allowance for that because you're going to have this added project to your existing workload and something's got to give. Yeah. So you need to allow your standards to be lowered during this season and consider it a season from the time that you figure out that you're going to move until you're settled into your new house or new home or apartment, wherever you're going. You need to appreciate the fact that things might look a little different and that's okay. So from my experience, kids will have a whole lot more TV time and screen time (laughs) during moving because parents are busy. I mean, we always try and get our kids to pitch in a little bit with the stuff that they can do. But, Mm. you know. Kids can definitely help, yeah, but you can't expect them to, to do a lot. And as toys get packed, you know, like the TV and the screens are convenient. Sure, you know, get outside and play and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's been plenty of moves when our kids have been little and especially on like moving, like the day you move in, we'll be like, right, you two, take a screen, take a bag of (laughs) sweets and go and sit in a corner (laughs) and don't get seven hours. Yeah, don't, don't get in anyone's way. Don't get trod on. I remember when we um, moved to Adelaide, there was a hammock hanging at the front of the property and we put the kids and a bunch of snacks and some water bottles and two iPads with them in the mm-hmm. hammock. I don't. I think they moved maybe to go to the bathroom like once for the entire day. The two kids just sat in the hammock because they were completely <laughs> out of the way all yeah. day. But that's the thing. And, I mean, it's not just moving day. Like your standards are, gonna, are going to have to drop if you can – if you're going to keep yourself sane 
through this process. Mm. Like you'll eat more takeaway meals or really easy dinners. You'll eat eggs on toast more times you care to, you know, think about. Mm. Because trying to maintain the norm while going through all this is just near impossible. It just adds to the stress, yeah. And it's sort of you end up a little bit like camping, you know, you you start making do because things have been packed away and, and stuff like that. And And if you prepared for that and you have the expectation that things aren't going to be, you know, the most comfortable and the most convenient and the most normal, uh, then you, you'll probably cope a bit better. Yep. Your house will get messy and mixed up and that's okay and you won't be able You'll to keep up at the other end okay yeah mm. you won't be able to keep up with all your normal social commitments which is fine and you know we quite and quite usually um that doesn't make sense we quite often end up sleeping in sleeping bags for a night or two or mm. drinking a glass of wine out of a coffee mug because we don't know where the glasses are and that's if we remember where a corkscrew is, you know, like, but <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Like that's the thing. It's kind of you just got to embrace temporary. it, don't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And if you remember it's temporary and that you'll you'll get back to it later, it, it won't be as, as difficult. One thing um, I want to mention before we go too far further is to work out when you're um, moving, if there's any – exclusions on things where you're going, which you'll need to plan for as well. So can you move food where you're going or how you're you're packing? Because that can impact things, whether you need to, you know, um, eat down your pantry or pass food on. I know um, with our military moves most of the time, well, you definitely can't take anything that's open. You can take some things that are sealed. Obviously, when we've moved overseas, you can't take anything, so you get rid of all of that. When you move into state in Australia, depending on the states, you can't move plants and soil, oh, yeah. or you can some mm. states you can move plants if they're no they're longer soil. in soil, so you can wrap <laughs> yeah. them in paper towel and plastic bags or whatever. Can you move your vehicles or are you going to have to get them uh, shipped? Can you move pets? And the reason I ask this is because uh, friends of ours moved to Queensland and they had pet rabbits and you can't own rabbits in Queensland. Oh, wow. Or maybe it's certain types of rabbits. But I'm, they, I know that they moved from New South Wales to Queensland and they had to give away their pet rabbits where they were moving. Um, oh. So there's those kind of uh, exclusions that you have to think about as well when you're moving because each of those will trigger its own list of tasks mm associated with it so um keep that in mind as well yeah and and following on from that you know that upheaval sort of acceptance of the fact that it's all a bit odd don't forget to schedule in some downtime because you need to look after yourself as well and you know you don't want to move to a nice new house and and be all burnt out so um if you can get some rest in there even if they're little things like a a quick walk around the neighborhood with a friend just to de-stress a little bit you'll you'll end up functioning better overall yeah and if you get really run down then you get sick and no one needs that when they're moving (laughs) no it's a very bad time to get sick Yeah. yeah so packing yeah, okay. Before you start again, look at me with the planning. Like don't start, plan first. Um, <laughs> plan first. Think about anything. Before you put anything in boxes, think about anything that doesn't belong to you that's in your house and return it to its owner. Like jettison that stuff out of your house. And get rid of rubbish, uh, anything that's 
you know, you anything that's just hanging around and you don't know why and it's just rubbish, get rid of that. And it's really easy to say declutter anything that's unwanted. If it was that easy, we all <laughs> would have been doing it for years before we moved. But there is yeah, some And our clients wouldn't have boxes of things that they've moved for five houses and never actually used in any of those five houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is some clarity that comes with moving, especially if you're going to a smaller space. So sometimes mm. if you've got the time for it and you're planning well in advance, you might be able to, you know, plan a week, the week before you start packing to do some sorting and do some decluttering. Um, it is much easier to let them go before you pack um, if you've got the time because you're not handling it going into the box, handling it coming out of the box and then having to make the decision all over again at the other end. And it's really helpful if you know the space you're going into when you pack and you can say, mm. you know, I think the kitchen is 30% smaller than my current one, so I want to try and get rid of some stuff. Yeah. Um, there's that whole nice thing if you're packing yourself as well of Marie condoing it and picking stuff up and thinking about it as you handle it mm. and kind of going along with that. Before you start the packing, def define a designated space for putting boxes once they're packed, but also create a box somewhere or a, or a zone for anything unwanted that you come across yeah. while you're packing. Because if you pick up that pretty fancy bowl and think, oh, I don't want this, I don't use this. If you don't have anywhere really easy and accessible to put it, you'll end up just packing it because you don't know what else to do with it. Yeah, or it'll hang around to the last minute and then you don't have time to do anything else with it, so you just pack it. Yeah, mm. And that is the second thing Mick does with clients is he creates, first does the timeline, the second thing he does is creates an unwanted zone and a wanted zone so that um, wanted boxes go in one spot and unwanted stuff goes in the other. So it's sort of um, as the decisions are made, there is somewhere to put everything immediately. So, yeah, you don't have that that issue. And that's really handy to do at the start because it might be quite often in our houses we'll have a spare bedroom and we'll kind of take everything out of there that we can like we'll take the strip the linen off the bed and take out any decorative mm. things and just have kind of a cavernous space so that we can use that then to either pack things into or make that the the zone for anything unwanted so we know where it's going but um it's much easier to get that happening before you start packing okay so once we've got all that stuff set up and sorted what what are we going to pack first Ooh, we want to pack the stuff that we can live without, basically. So even if you start like six months out, you can start packing because there are things that you don't use. <laughs> There's always things that we don't use on a day-to-day -day basis in our house and you can either make the decision to declutter them or if you're keeping them um, for reasons such as sentimentality or they're seasonal or something like that, then you want to pack them early. So stuff like books that you've already read that you're unlikely to go for, Seasonal clothing, so if you know that you're not going to need your winter clothes until you, uh, between now and when you unpack, then you can pack those first. Decorative things, all of the stuff that's just out looking pretty, all of that can get packed. Uh, memorabilia, um, what else? Think about things as well like duplicates. If you've got, you know, multiple sets of mm. linen, uh, kids' yeah, toys. like your second cutlery set. Yeah. Yeah. Three quarters of the kids' toys can get packed straight up because they don't use them anyway. <laughs> and you know what? The best part we found, when you pack 
a bunch of kids' toys in advance and then they sit in a box. You get to that new place and you unpack them. It's like Christmas for your kids because they haven't seen these toys for a number of weeks or months and that's what you need to do. You need to put them in the backyard with the box of toys while you unpack the rest of the house and that keeps them busy. Mm. Um, (laughs) Perfect. um, So, yeah, anything that you've got duplicates of or anything that you can live without and it's funny, it always makes me think like when I go, oh, I'll go through my – uh, utensil drawer and work out everything I can live without. And I'm like, if I can live without half of this for a few months. Why do I have it? <laughs> why? How can I live without it? Or, you know, why can't I live without it all the time? Yeah. Well, it could be a good decluttering prompt then as well. Mm. I think one thing that's really key with packing is to pack with unpacking in mind. And this is yeah, that's one of my mattresses yeah, too. Yeah. Back in the day when I moved, when I was at uni, I did not – pack with unpacking in mind I would be like what else fits in this box so yeah (laughs) it would be like a lamp and some socks and a uni book and the remote (laughs) and I don't know what else pair of pajamas on the top and seal it up and then I'd be like what room what do I write on the outside random objects you know like (laughs) Get to the <laughs> 17 boxes of random. Yeah, boxes. get to the next place. And I'm like, where are my socks? What would they be with? <laughs> or like because the lamp was the big thing in the box, I'd write lamp. And I'd be like, well, I won't find socks yeah. in there. Just mental. So you have to think about how you would like to unpack. And if you don't move house regularly, this can be really tricky because you, you have to put yourself in that future um, mm. position. But are you likely to want to unpack room by room? So um, for me personally, I always do the kitchen first because I can live in complete chaos everywhere in my house except the kitchen. So the night or the day we move in, this is tradition in our family now, and have takeaway for dinner and then everyone goes to bed and I will work through the night till some crazy hour in the morning until the kitchen is fully unpacked just because that's the way I do it. So the kitchen stuff's got to be labelled. I don't care about anything else. But Yeah, but that has to be clear for you. Yeah, and- so you might not want to unpack by room. You might want to unpack by category. Maybe the the place you're moving to has an enormous library area and currently you store books all the way around your house, but rather than packing some books in your lounge room box and some books in your bedroom box, you want to be able to get to the new house and unpack all your books into the one room. So then maybe you will pack them by category. You would pack all the books together rather than by room that they were in. Yeah, yeah. So they don't really go with anything else. They just go all together because in their room they're going to be all together. Mm. And yeah, and if you can even think about when you're like what furniture you're going to have in the new place and if it's going to be mostly the same furniture, there will be some built-in stuff like kitchens. They differ from house to house. Wardrobes differ from house to house, but other things like sideboards and chests of drawers and bedside tables and all of that, they will come with you. And so, you know, in that case, um, again, you will know where they're going so you can label them with the destination, you know, master bedroom, bedside tables, you know. And so, you know, you, you can, you'll know very well um, exactly what is in that um, and they'll go straight into the, into the destination. Um, speaking of packing things like bedside tables, if it's not too heavy, you can actually leave the stuff in 
your some of your cupboards and drawers. So bedside tables, if you tape the door closed and the drawer closed and you make sure there's nothing in there that's breakable and that's going to rattle around too much. So like sometimes I'll, with some clients, I'll just shove a hand towel in the top bedside drawer and leave all of their stuff in there. So then we don't have to pack it and unpack it. It's got some padding and it's not too heavy because it's just personal items. Um, and so they can just go while they're in their furniture. So that's something that I sometimes do too. Mm, I like the idea of that. Just if you're having people removalists come in and move you and do the heavy lifting, just either make sure you've told them that or check with them, check with the company beforehand because I know there's some some of the companies we've used have done that and some of the companies we've used want to take all the drawers out and stand everything on its side or higgledy-piggledy in the truck for maximising space. Maximising space, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, every every service how, will be different, but I don't know how taking drawers out of a bedside table is going to make more space. It's going to make less space. But you're right; there'll be some requirements by removalists about things. Yeah, so mm. you check with them first. I always just ask Mick. I just say, "Is this too? If is, is this going to be too heavy if I leave the stuff in it?" And he'll just say yes or no, or he'll say something like, "Oh no, nah, don't," because the shelf inside it isn't fixed, and we need to have make sure that the shelves inside that cupboard are fixed because if the shelf comes out when it's rattling, then everything's going to get broken. Mm. So if the shelves have to come out, then the contents have to come out. So, yeah, there will be specific requirements. So, yeah, ask the removalist. Yeah. I would suggest labelling electronic cords and taping them to the appliance because we've had a few instances where we've uh, unpacked the box of cords that are beautifully taped together and, you know, not all ravelled around each other and gone, okay, which one's for which, like which which TV does this one go with and which TV does that one go with and everything just takes longer. And so it can be a bit of masking tape and a quick squiggle on it or you can Mm. get, you know, colour-coded cord and, you know, bits and pieces so that it's really easy at the other end but consider labelling, that kind of stuff. And um, if you can pack the stuff with the cords still stuck in them, that's also if you're allowed I don't know if the removalists let you for every move but I usually just pack pack it with the cord with the thing that it comes with with its cords and if you can't because obviously there are some like let's say uh, a DVD player (laughs) this is old I'm old I'm talking about DVD players but let's say you still have, have a DVD player we have two I'm ancient enough to still have two DVD players so if you've got a DVD player Take a photo of the cords plugged into the back of it and all of the places it goes into as well, like the back of the TV, because getting the cords back in the right places, especially if you've got like a like – Mick's got this really complex audiovisual system set up in the lounge room and there's all sorts of cords going to like five different things. And so if if you – if we had to move those and I had to replug it all back in again, that would be stressful. So taking a photo of the back of the TV and the back of those things really helps later on with plugging back things back into the right places and recognising the cords that belong to them. Yeah, absolutely. And a similar thing, if you have to take any of your furniture apart, put all of your nuts and bolts and screws mm. and all that kind of stuff, put it in a little Ziploc bag and if you can, tape it to the item itself. So rather than having... Yeah a bunch of um, different screws and not knowing what they go to, if you can tape it to Absolutely. the item, makes it much and easier. And even if you do it in a Ziploc bag, write the name of the thing on it as well in case it gets ripped off. Mm. 
um, in case your tape is not strong enough and it gets ripped off, at least it's still got, you know, master bed screws written on it and, you will, you know, you won't lose them. One thing I did um, with one of our moves, we had to assemble and disassemble a bunk bed. Um, that was one of the things the removalist wouldn't do. So I did a video recording of me taking it apart so that oh, I what a great so idea. that I knew that how to put it back what together like to which it, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so that's such a good idea mm, if you think of that too another thing that is almost an essential thing to do is to pack a basics box I'm sure one of these would have been a lifesaver for you several times Tara. yeah so for me I can survive at least 24 hours in my kitchen if I've got a kettle and a toaster and a mug and a plate maybe a knife and a fork otherwise use my fingers a spoon for uh, getting my tea bag out Um, so I would pack a basics box for the kitchen and a basics box for the bedroom which might just have your bed sheets a sleeping bag maybe or a pillow Um, just the things you need to get you through the first 24 hours and make sure you label those boxes really loudly and mm. um, so it's really easy to find them. So if you, especially if you've got friends helping you move everything in and at the end of the day everything's in the new house but nothing is done and you only have time to open two boxes, open your basic kitchen box and your basic bedroom box and at least you know you're going to have a pillow, a toothbrush, mm. a kettle <laughs> and a mug, <laughs> you know, enough yep. to get you through. Um, you can have tea and toast and have a bit of a sleep and then start again the yeah, next morning. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, this is something that we, we recommend as well. And um, there's there's also going to be a, a last-minute box or two um, of just all of the bits and pieces that you have been using right up until literally the moment the truck leaves. Uh, so you'll find that um, a lot of the things that you might find useful end up in that those last-minute boxes as well. So um, don't have too many of them because they end up a jumbled random box like you with your lamp and your socks. But if you do sort of do a last-minute things box and have that there open for you to throw all of those last-minute things that, you know, like just even just the, the cloth that you use to wipe the bench down just before you go, you know, little things like that can go in a last-minute box and that can go with you in the car even or if you're driving. Similar to that, we always pack ourselves a priority box, which is quite similar. And this is our last box that is sealed. And it's either the last one on the truck and first one off, or quite often it will come. If we're driving, it might come with us. It's got to be somewhere accessible. And it's the box that has all the certificates and documents that we might need quick access to. So like lease paperwork or purchase paperwork or something like that. It will have remotes and keys for things like garage doors, remotes for the TVs, like the little things that get lost. Um, it will have the Wi-Fi or internet boxes and cables and that kind of thing. Um, if there's any other screws or bolts or Allen keys um, that we need, maybe a couple of screwdrivers uh, usually has a roll of toilet paper and a hand towel in it because it's that same thing when you first get to the house before anything starts yeah, coming in. It's like yeah. I need a roll of toilet paper, I need a hand towel, maybe a soap um, would be good. Mm. Think about putting in there too maybe a, just a tiny bit of pet food and a bowl because if you've got your pet coming with you straight away, you're going to need to stick out a bowl of water for them and some food. And, again, you might not want to go digging through everything to find that. Toothbrushes mm. possibly. 
anything that you think you might want in the first couple of hours being in the property. So it's the priority box and the basics box uh, and the kind of last minute box. They all kind of overlap a little bit. So I think Mm. you just got to work out what might work for you. So when it comes to actually packing, Beck, you're the packer because I'm the planner, but I don't do a lot of the wrapping. So have you got specific packing tips when we're packing things? Is there a way we should do it? Yeah, a couple. Um, one of the things that I see when I unpack for people who have packed themselves, I'll, I'll talk about some of the mistakes that I find that people do. And one of them is to pack glassware laying down. And when you, if you think about a wine glass laying down and you think about if pressure is put on that, you're actually putting pressure on the weakest point of a wine glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you stand up a wine glass, however, and then you put pressure on the top of it, it's much more likely to be able to resist that. Uh, it's not perfect, of course, but if you stand up your glassware, and, and what I do as well, which saves on time and um, time packing and time unpacking, and it saves on um, wrapping paper and that as well, is only wrap every second glass. Uh, because the ones that are surrounded by wrapped ones um, are just as protected as the wrapped ones because mm. there's no glass on glass. Um, and so that's it's heaps faster. Like you get half of it undone in half the time because you just pull out the unwrapped ones and stick them straight up um, in the cupboard and then you have to unwrap the rest. But unwrapping and wrapping actually takes a lot of time. So if you can reduce that, it's helpful. Plates, wrap your plates, stand, store your plates in the boxes standing up. Again, from a pressure perspective, if you have a stack of plates on top of each other, um, and if the box gets put down rather heavily or something like that, um, there's a lot of pressure on that bottom plate. So you'll find that things, the bottom ones can, can sometimes break or crack. So if you stand them up, there is actually no, no pressure on that flat part of the, of the, um, the plate. Uh, bowls are a little bit trickier. Uh, I try to just separate them out so that there's, if they do have to sit downwards, because if you put them on the side, you might, they could get pressure on the, the side of it which could break them um so what i tend to do is just have small stacks of bowls if i have to stack them at all and um so yeah standing up i would also recommend that you uh, you save your linen until towards the end because you can use linen to stuff boxes because when you if you've got a box that you've filled with glasses and then there is a little bit of air in the top of it and if you push down on the top of the box you end up with a bit of a dent what that can do, if the removalists or you are stacking boxes, that's a weak point and that can collapse the box. So all the boxes need to be really quite full up to the top, quite well well filled to the top. And so sometimes if you've got something like a box of glasses and you've got air in the top, if you put a folded towel in there, it will provide that um, some soft padding and, and it'll sort of keep it from collapsing in, in on itself as well. So linen is really good for that. Um, you mentioned a lamp before and one of the things we do with lamps is we stuff cushions around them. So you put just one lamp in the box and then you stuff a couple of cushions around it and then it won't move um, and it won't um, it won't break. Always take your globes out and store them separately. Don't Don't transport globes in the lamps. I actually don't know why, but that's what the removalists make us do. Mm. <laughs> so I know to do that. There must be a reason why, but we always do that. Mick would know it, um, but he's not here for me to ask him. Yeah, so those are the kinds of things that that I recommend. And 
with the linen, if you've got your basics box with a basic set of linen, it doesn't matter if the rest of your linen is shoved in random boxes because you'll figure that out as you go along. It's not the kind of thing that that you're actually going to lose um, for a long period of time. So I think stuffing boxes with linen isn't going to be too inconvenient, you know, like putting them out of category, out of category, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. um, they do they do turn up. And if you've done your basics box, then you're not going to be having to open <laughs> all the boxes to look for a hand towel because you'll have you'll have the ones that you need already. Perfect. Have you got any tips for like unusual decorative pieces? Like if you've got big vases or odd shaped things, if you've got really big things and you've got removalists, they'll wrap them in rugs for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they, they, they can sort that out. Uh, most things, if they're really big and they're fragile, give them their own box and just pad the heck out of it mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. Uh, quite a few things like Mick once transported um, was this massive model ship mm. and it wasn't in a glass case or anything and Mick was like, I'm not. I'm not putting that in the truck. <laughs> so he put it in the back of his van in on the back seat um, and he drove it to, to the client's house. So there's there's occasionally some things you might just have to move in the car or, you know, carry with you or do something like that. Um, oh, with clothes, one of the um, – one good way of moving your clothes that is a time saver but it's more expensive so you can weigh up the pros and cons yourself is to get – well, they're called, I don't know what they're called anywhere else, but here they're called porter robes. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a really large box that has a rod across the top of it and you just take your hanging clothes straight out of your wardrobe, stick them straight in that box hung on their hangers. I usually put in the bottom, I put things like shoes and handbags and stuff like that in the bottom of that box um, until it gets too heavy. And, and then it actually... Um, those boxes actually open at the front. They sort of open almost half, or about a third of the way down. So you can see all of your clothes as though they were in your wardrobe. And so you can actually pack those quite early and just leave them in a room somewhere and you can go, still go and find your clothes if you need them to. So that's something you can do a bit earlier on. So we love porter robes, but they're about 20 bucks a box. So they're not cheap, but if you wanted to use them, um, they are really convenient because it's just like from – Wardrobe to box, straight back, hanging up again in your wardrobe. It's nice and fast. You don't have to take them off and fold them. Mm. And then move the hangers. And hangers, hangers in a, like, if anyone's ever tried to untangle a box of hangers, you will know why I like porter robes. Mm. Absolutely. (laughs) they're nasty. They all tangle up. If you are planning for your move well in advance and you're collecting things, so you've got people collecting boxes for you, one thing I can suggest to hold on to is the little silica packets that you get. So if you get them um, in your – quite often you get the little silica gel packets in with shoes in the bottom of your mm. shoe box. If you hold on to them for a little bit, obviously keep them uh, away from kids that could get to them and think they're sweets or something. Um, but if you're packing in advance and you're packing clothes or you're packing anything that could possibly have any moisture left in it, Chuck a couple of those in the bottom of the box. Mm. Um, that's just your little insurance policy in case there's any dampness in there. And you can buy those too if you if you don't have any hanging around and you really want some. Hmm. Where do you get them from? I've never. I've always just been stingy and saved them. I'm pretty sure you can get them at Bunnings, hmm. or you, they might be like it's a, like it's a, they're actually specially designed for moisture absorbing. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can buy. I don't think they're the same, and they're not as small. They're bigger. Yeah. 
but uh, but you can definitely buy like moisture absorbers at hardware stores. Mm, perfect. So probably out of all of that, the most important points to remember is the better you plan, the easier the move. So put plenty of time. It's that really annoying thing like when you had to write an essay at school and they always told you to plan your essay first and you just wanted to dive straight in and start writing. But if you did the plan, it was always much easier to write. It's that same kind of thing. If you spend time planning, it will flow a much, I can't even talk. When you spend time planning, it will be much easier for you to execute. And the other important point is to pack with that unpacking in mind. So the way things go in the boxes, they come out in the order you want them to. So if you would like a comprehensive list of all of this stuff, head to the resources page on our website. There'll be links to that in the show notes. And thanks so much for joining us. We will be back with your unpacking next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.